We're going to continue teaching um, in the theme of serving, servanthood, being a servant. And our theme scripture, I want to read that together. Let's read. If anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him my father will honor. Isn't that some good news? He says, if anyone serves me, if anyone serves me, how many of you want to serve the Lord? He says, when you begin to serve me, you automatically follow me. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> All right. Um, our scripture this morning is coming from the gospel according to Dr. Luke. He has a prescription for us today. Bound in chapter number 12. Verse number 35. I'm just looking out at you. I love you. I love all of you. I thank God that he blessed me with beautiful people that love him. It is it is great to be in relationship with you. I can feel the joy of the Lord. I feel the love of the Lord. When I came in here, I caught on fire. That's dangerous to let me catch on fire. We might not never get out of here. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. We, we look, we just be praising God and we just get caught up. On to heaven. <laughs> Amen. All right, Luke writes, uh, let's, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for being a God full of love, power. Thank you, God, for rescuing us and taking us out of darkness and bringing us into your marvelous light and making us your children. God, we thank you. Your word says, he who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit has to say. So spirit, come and speak to us. Because we have an ear to, this morning to hear from you. So Father, transform me. Consecrate me and make me fit to be used by you. So that you would come and teach us and preach to us and bring about change in us so that after all is said and done, we would love you more dearly. We thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Verse 35, and we're going to read 35 through 40, and it says, 
Let your waist be girded and your lamps burning. And you yourselves be like men who wait for their master. When will he return from the wedding? That when he comes and knocks, they may open to him. Somebody shout immediately. immediately. I'm going to pause right there. You know how sometimes somebody knock at the door and you haven't got yourself together yet? Or there's some stuff in the room you got to move because you peeped out the peak hole to see who it was. So they had to wait a little while. Somebody shout immediately. immediately. Blessed are those whose those servants whom the master, when he comes, will find watching. Assuredly, I say to you that if that he will gird himself and have them sit down to eat and will come and serve them. That is off the hook good news. And if he should come in the second watch or come in the third watch and find them so blessed are those servants. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you also be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Amen. So for all those predictors that are predicted the day he's coming and he didn't show up, that's just advice to you. The word says you won't know and you won't expect it. Amen. But there is some good news in verse 37. I want to read it one more time. Blessed are those servants. Say I'm a servant. Whom the master when he comes will find watching. Assuredly, I say to you that he will gird himself and have them sit down to eat and will come and serve them. I want to talk to you on this topic. Service that's rewarded. Amen. Amen. Give your neighbor a high five and say, get your reward. It is customary for those who are living in the earth realm to have a job, a job that gives you an income, and the job that gives you the income 
you look at look at it as your provider because it enables you to buy the things necessary for you to survive or the things necessary for you to enjoy life thereby we put a whole lot of emphasis on the job that we have whereby when we go to work we have an expectation we are watching for payday amen nobody go to work to say i'm going to work just to go to work if you do go to work you are anticipating go ahead and tell me And if you don't get paid, Houston, we have a problem. As a matter of fact, I've heard it said, many, many believers say they've told me, I will put my religion down. Can we just be honest? A couple of you may have said that, because I don't want nobody to play <laughs> with my money <laughs> you can play but don't play with my money because there's nothing funny about playing with my money <laughs> so we have become capsulized in looking at right in front of us instead of looking at who is over us. If we really look at the record, we had put faith in many employments that we have had, and most of them are gone that you had faith in, and God has moved you to something new. It is God who is doing everything, so it is God who should receive everything back from us. I find it uh, really riveting that in this particular chapter, before he begins to talk about servitude and the rewards of it and how God has set up a system and how it works, um, he begins the chapter off talking about hypocrisy. In chapter 12, he starts to talk about and give warning about hypocrisy. And hypocrisy is basically um, saying you're going to do something and then you're doing something else or acting a certain way in front of people, but doing something else behind the scene. Uh, and in other words, you're being fake. And so he warns about hypocrisy and then he shifts gears and starts talking about this rich fool. And the rich fool was the man that um, said, well, I don't have enough room in my barn to store all my crop, so I'm going to tear down my barn and build me a huge barn, and I'm going to spend all my time putting all my stuff in my barn. And he says, you rich fool, tomorrow's not promised to you. What if you die today? Then who's going to get all that you was been spending your time? And then he shifts gear and begins to talk to us about stewardship. And I love how he begins it because he says, let your waist be girded 
and your lamps burning. In other words, uh, don't, um, don't be unprepared. You got to be ready at all times. You got to keep the light on at all times. And, and also, when he talks about girding up your waist, they all wore robes back in the day so that they would be pulling their robes up and tying them around their waist so that they can run. In other words, be ready to move quickly and, and not sluggish about it. He, he gives us this contrast because he wants us to know that we should let nothing hinder us from serving him. Because you can make an excuse that the robe is too long and they got there first. So he said, Get, gird up your robe so that you could be the first one there. He says, <clears throat> and, 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 and the other thing that I see, there's two things that I see as, as it relates to the robe and the burning. He's basically saying, my first point is, be ready. And the question becomes, what does ready look like to you? So I, I see that with a believer, if you're going to be ready, there's two components that you really must have. Number one, you have to be know your position. So when Christ came and died and then came into you, he made you a believer, which made you positioned in him. So your first thing you have to understand is that you are positioned in Christ. You don't need a position to make yourself be somebody. You are already positioned in Christ. You don't have to be the chairman of the usher board or the leader of the praise team. And you don't even have to be the pastor of the church. You are already positioned in Christ. God is so awesome about that because he says, and I'm no respecter of person. When I positioned you in me and gave you my spirit, it changed everything about you. It made you ready. See, when you're in Christ, you are ready. It's when you're in you when you're not ready. And the enemy is always trying to battle you. Paul says, there, although I will to do right, evil is ever pre present. And the, oh, this wicked man that I am. And he's, what, what am I saying is that your flesh is always trying to go against you. Why? Because when you're in him, you are ready. And see, the enemy don't want you ready. But God wants you to always be ready. See, the enemy wants you to lay in bed and he'll, he'll say something to you like you're too tired. What does too tired look like anyway? I don't feel good. You feel good enough to get up and turn that remote on. Somebody else will do it. Huh? Won't he tell you all that? Yeah, that same joke will be talking to me too. Because he's trying to get you out of position. And so you have to understand that when you position yourself, um, and so they say, well, I'm a position, I'm positioned in God, but this is how you define your position is that you just want to sit back. I don't have to do, I don't need to do anything. But he saved you to serve him. 
but you don't have to do anything. Tell your neighbor, that's out of position. And so when you feel like I don't need to do anything, that's you. Because the word of God says that he saved you to serve him. And so we, you have done position is very, very important. That's why I'm going to use football as an analogy. There's 11 players on the team, and all of them have a position. And the line, each lineman, a guard and a tackle, one on the left and one on the right. And each one of them have an assignment. And that is to block the opposition that's coming against them. And all 11 players have responsibility on the field. And if one player does not line up in position, it makes that position weak. So in football, they all get in what's called a three-point stand. I looked at it as one for the father, one for the son, And one for the Holy Spirit. And the three-point stand got them ready to take on whatever was in front of them. And it didn't matter if it was, they were bigger than them because if you're in the right position, you can take on something bigger than you. Oh, goodness. While you are in you, you can never take on nothing bigger than you. But the moment you get positioned in God, you can take on anything because you become unlimited while you are functioning in him. Amen. Tell your neighbor, get ready. Oh. And the second part of positioning yourself uh, as it relates to the wholeness of you is you got to position your mindset. Because if you have your mind made up, no matter what comes against you, you're going to do what God called you to do. If you got your mind made up, then I'm ready to serve. Then you're going to wake up ready to serve. You're not only going to wake up ready to serve, you're going to wake up wanting to serve. That way, if somebody try to outserve you, you're going to say, no, you can't do that because I'm here to do that. See, you're going to be ready to serve so hard. I remember I was vacuuming one day, and they tried to run up on me and tell me, oh, no, let me do that. Just, no, no, you're not going to take my blessing. I'm going to keep on vacuuming because, I listen, I'm built to serve. It's a mindset. That's why Paul writes in Philippians chapter number two, verse number five, he, he writes to us about our minds. See, your mind don't no longer belong to you. Somebody say surrender it. Because that's the thing. That's the thing that needs to be delivered. Because your spirit man is already delivered. You have a perfect spirit living inside of you. And your perfect spirit is grasping at you, saying, sit your little self down. Calm down a little bit. Oh, don't open your mouth yet. And, 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 your, and, and your fleshliness is saying, you, you're not the boss of me. You, I, I, I'm going to let them have it today. See, you have to understand that that's what's going on. 
and it's all here. Who told you that you needed to tell them off? Who told you that you need to have an attitude? Who told you that you belong to you? Because I read in the Bible that he purchased us with his precious blood. And we no longer belong to us. But we're trying to hold on to the one thing that gets us in the most trouble. And that's our mind. So Paul says, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Oh, that sounds real good, don't it? But he goes on to say, who did not consider himself equal to, with God, but he counted himself as nothing and humbled himself until the point of death. In other words, he was willing to look like a fool so that God could get glory from his life. Is there anybody in here that says it don't matter what it takes? I'm going to give God my very best. I'm going to give God my all because I'm ready to give it to him. Your mind, your mind, your mind, you got to set your mind. Uh, Colossians says, set your mind on things above. See, when, when things start to bother you in the earth realm, that's just a signal that God's telling you, get out of there. And see, sometimes we want to fight with what's going on down here. And we talk about it a lot, don't we do? When something ain't going the way we want it to go, we could just talk about that. But when you start talking about God, that changes stuff. You, let, me, let me just share something with you. Here's a testimony back in the day. I, I, I got called to preach, I preached my first sermon, I did two more sermons. They called me out to do a revival, did a revival. And then something started growing on my tongue. And it got bigger in the center of my tongue, got bigger, got bigger. I went to the hospital, the doctor said, we can remove it, but you're not gonna be able to talk the same. And I said, Oh, okay, God, well, you called me to preach. So you got to do what you're going to do. Didn't even know what I was doing, but I was, we were serving. And we invited a bunch of people over to the house. And I just got a tape sent from Bishop Jakes, and it was entitled Praying Up a Storm. And we put the tape in. And we watch the tape and we start praising up a storm. And the whole house was full of the glory of God. And everybody started testifying about the goodness of God. And I was on the other side of the counter. I started doing like this. My wife looked at me and said, what's wrong? Tears started coming to my eyes. I ran to the bathroom. And I looked in the mirror, and I licked out my tongue. And the growth that was on my tongue that was this big 
had dissipated while we were talking about God. Let me tell you something. God don't need an agenda. God just needs praise and worship to be in the house. Is there anybody in here that don't mind praising up a storm? That don't mind praying up a storm? When you begin to give God praise, God will do anything. Hey, God. See, when you start serving him, he'll serve you. So, so the second thing, the second thing that I, I noticed in the text, it said that they were watching. He wants it to be watching. And in, in the watching, the watching is waiting. And so we start waiting on God. And you, you know what I hear from the believer? I'm tired of waiting on God. Yeah, you said, mm, like you haven't said it. <laughs> Sometimes God is delaying things, and you're focused on the thing instead of focusing on the God who's in control of the thing. Oh. And so your weight is not on God. Your weight is on what God can do. Oh, Ooh, that ought to help two or three of you. <laughs> and so in the midst of waiting on God, you become frustrated because you're not waiting on God. You're waiting on God to be your genie. And God does not respond to a rub on the lamp, but he will respond to a praise from your lip. So if you're going to wait on God, you ought to wait on God with expectation. And God, waiting on God with expectation is not limited to how well you could think him out. Because you will never be able to think God out. You will never be able to figure him out. You are going to have to faith him out. And faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's why when you leave here, you're going to be changed today. So, so, preacher, what do I do when it seems like it's too long? The Bible says, wait on the Lord. Well, preacher, should I just sit my little self down and wait on him? Because I like sitting. Should I just wait on him and do nothing except sit my little self down? Uh, but he said, serve him. Wait, 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 wait. You said, he said, serve him, but I'm waiting on him. Well, there's two kind of waiters. When you go to the restaurant, 
somebody waits on you. The issue is, you think waiting is all about you. But when you're waiting on God, you ought to truly wait on him. What are you serving him, waiter? See, when you understand what waiting is all about, you'll begin to serve him. What shall I serve? The God that has everything. If he has everything and he's given you everything, then you ought to give him back everything. Oh, goodness. If he serves you a belief system, the least you can do is believe him. Can you have a little belief? When you give him back, believing him, then you won't worry about when it's going to happen. You just believe that it's going to happen. And because you believe that it's going to happen, you can start preparing for what's about to happen. And how do you prepare for what's about to happen? You start thanking God in advance because you know if God said it, God meant it, and God's going to do what he said he will do. What did God tell you? He said he would meet all your needs. Wait, 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 wait. Pastor, I need this. Okay, good, because you're going to get it. How do you know? Because God said so. God loves you so much. He said, I'm going to meet all your needs. But when I become your Lord, it changes. I want see, see, most of us have just accepted salvation because you have not truly allowed him to be your Lord. See, Lord means he's your master. Now, a master, oh, goodness. If you were serving your master, your master would give you instructions on what needs to be done. Therefore, you know when the master is coming home, you make sure everything is done before the master hits the house. Let me, let, me, let me share something with you. My children know that I'm the master of the house. So the other day, we left and told Armani, make sure you're showered before we get back. He heard the garage door open. He had got caught up in Fortnite or Minecraft. I don't know. He was on the, on the TV. He got caught up and forgot. See, he didn't do it on purpose. He just forgot 
what he was supposed to do because he was doing what he wanted to do. See, some of you have forgot what you were supposed to do because you got used to doing what you want to do. And you're trying to fit in what you want to do instead of doing what you're supposed to do. And God's not going along with your agenda. And you don't like that God makes you wait on what you want because you're not doing what you're supposed to do. I'm just serving. He said, wait. See, when you're waiting on God, when you're serving him, it changes everything. Because let me tell you something about God. God's not going to let you beat him at doing nothing. So that when you become a great servant, he says, I'm coming to serve you because I won't allow you to outdo me at nothing. Oh, goodness. Oh, so, so if you want God to hurry up and serve you, you're going to have to hurry up and serve him. He, 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 he tells us with Jesus coming back, he, he says, listen, don't worry about waiting. Don't you remember what my prophet said? That they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Well, pastor, I've been waiting so long, I'm tired. That's because you're waiting on what you want instead of waiting on who he is. When you wait upon the Lord, it renews your strength. You shall run and not be weary. You shall walk and not faint. No matter how long the journey is, God will renew you each and every day if you're waiting on him. Is there anybody in here that wants to just wait on God? Give him a praise. Serve him up. Serve him up your best praise. Don't hold back with a kibble and a bit. Give God the whole entree. Load him up with all that was in you. I'll bless the Lord. praise God when we want to. There's something called a corporate praise. And when the corporate joint goes into praise, don't you sit back and not be a part of the praise because you'll be left out in the blessing. So corporate praise moves everything. So if you want God to show up greatly, we ought to praise him greatly. Is there anybody in here with a great praise? Hey! Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God.
Ten out for my final point. We're gonna we're gonna go home. We're gonna go home. We're gonna go home changed. We're gonna go home. Husband gonna serve their wives better. Wives gonna serve their husband better. Children gonna serve the the family better. And the family gonna serve the children better. You gonna serve here better. When you reach outside, you gonna serve there better. Wherever you go, you gonna be a better servant because God called you to be a better servant. So the writer is writing. Luke is telling us how important service is to God. So he says, Jesus says, if you, the ones that are serving me, when I come, I'm going to reverse the role. I'm going to serve you. Now, can you put Matthew 25, 23 on the board? Because God has given you his spirit. And with his spirit, we should serve him with love. We ought to adore God so much that we begin to adore one another. I talked about it last week. We spent a whole lot of time fighting in the body. And that's not our fight. We spend a whole lot of time fighting one another because of expectation. But that's not our fight. Our fight is to get past ourself. Get your opinion out of it. You know, there's more divorces in the United States because people go into marriage with their own opinion. And when it don't look the way they want it to look, they want to look for an excuse to get out of there. And they put all the blame on the other person. Oh, they got an attitude. Oh, they're this and they're that. Well, God gave you this and that so that he can make you better. Because if that's what you're getting from them, then you take what you get from them and give it to him and watch what he does with it. See, Jesus took all that he took for you. And never once did he say, God, kill them all. Because they up here putting me on a tree. They didn't beat me all night. I didn't do nothing. No, he says, you're my bride. And when you don't have it together, I'll die for you to make you have it together. I'll give myself to God in such a way that it'll bring healing to you. See, that's the thing. You've been holding back your best service. God says, I want all of you. And I told you, you've been just giving him some of you. And sometimes you think you're so holy that you beat you're the, the one you love up with the word of God. That's not serving. That's called beating. 
The word is not meant to beat you up. The word is meant to lift you up. Jesus is the word. He said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. The word of God is designed to lift you up. If you're going to share the word of God, it ought to be a word of encouragement through the love of God. The writer, he writes to us in this final, this final point. And this, this is about there's a reward for your service. You ought to expect it. When you serve God, you ought to expect a reward. That's not why you serve. You serve because you love him and he deserves it. But you ought to expect a return. Why should you expect it? Because the word says so. The word says if you do this, he'll do that. So if it says if you serve, he will beat you at serving and bless you and begin to serve you. So if that's the case, you ought to believe that and give God all of your service. And don't give him lip service, but give him your whole heart so that you can be used in a way that you can never imagine. That's what God did for you. So it says in 23, it says, his Lord said to him, well done, my good and faithful servant. Well done. Now, listen. This is what you want God to say to you. Well done, my good and faithful servant. That's what Luke was writing. Jesus was saying through the parable. When you serve with your heart, I say well done. And I give you everything that you need. He says, well done, my faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. God says, when you're faithful with what I give you, you give it back to me. You just wait on with me with just what you got. You don't got to try to be nobody else. You don't have to try to be the preacher. You don't got to be the soundboard person. You don't got to be the usher. You can just be you. And I tell you this right now, can't nobody beat you being you. Amen. You the best you I ever seen. Hallelujah. Come on now. And so in service, you have to anticipate God's move based on God's word. They can lay you off your job, but if you're serving God, it don't matter. Amen. God will bless you to be giving out jobs. See, don't think he won't. I want to talk to a few people who are willing to serve. I, I, do I got a few of you? Hallelujah. Serving. Serving God. Um, Revelation chapter 12. No, chapter 22, verse 12. 
Let's go there. Serving God. Remember in, in, the, in the text it said immediately? Somebody say immediately. immediately. Somebody say immediately. immediately. And the word says, and behold, I am coming quickly and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his works. He says, I'm coming quickly to reward you for serving me. Don't think, don't look for people to reward you. God is already reward. He's got a payday that's bigger than any payday that you've ever worked for. You can add them all up together and God's payday, just one payday, is greater than any other payday. Is there anybody here that's ready to be rewarded by God? Give him a servant pray. Amen. Everybody rest to your feet. It's time to go. Time to go. I'm ready to serve. I'm going to give me a restaurant. Everybody got a job. They're going to be running with the trays. Ready to serve. 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 God sits on his throne, looks down at his children. He sees every need that there is. And he has the answer. To everyone. And he says, if you'll serve me, I'll meet the need. Or he'll say, you gonna serve me. And he meets the need. Because he's God. And God has made the first move because he set up a system that would hold you forever. A system that you can't outsend, that you can't outrun. A system where he became your master and he's going to maintain being your master. You can't get terminated and you can't get laid off but he will lay you down. <laughs> He'll lay you down so he can raise you up. Amen. But God has done so much for you. And he did it so you can come into his system called the church. This is his system. He built a system that's so awesome that while we're praising, he's healing. While we're praising, he's delivering. While we're praising, he's redeeming. Expect change. When you serve God, expect change in areas that you've been complaining about. And don't complain about it again. And I'm telling you, 
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait with my door open for you to come in and say, Pastor, I got that word on that Sunday. And ever since I've been serving God, woo-wee, deliverance is happening and salvation is happening. The word is faithful. And God is saying, on this day, listen, will you trust him at his word? Will you trust him? You trust employers that laid you off? fired you, wrote you up? Will you trust him at his word that he's here to serve you? But he wants you to take care of the house that he dwells in. He know, he said, you know what to do. Love like I love. Forgive like I forgive. Give like I give. Use the fruits of the spirit that I've given you. The love, the peace, the joy, the happiness. He says, I gave it to you. There's no reason for you to walk around with your lips stuck out, frowned up, mad because your team didn't win. He says, I've given you so much that you should experience joy 24-7. I was talking to somebody the other day. I said, why are you mad? I want to be mad. Immediately, I wanted to turn to Galatians 3 and 1 and say, who bewitched you? Don't nobody want to be mad. Who told you you want to be mad, in other words? Who lied to you? Put a big smile on your face. Happiness is what everybody desires. God says, if you're here to serve me, he says, I'm here to serve you. And maybe somebody here says, you know what? All this makes sense. How do I get to that place? God says, accept me. Give me you and let me take care of you just the way you are still lying still cheating still smoking still doing God says I want all of it he says let me prove to you how much I will serve you that's what God says he says all you have to do is say I want I want this Jesus I want him in my as my whole heart I want I want to give myself to him And I want everybody to close their eyes just for a minute, just for a minute. Just close your eyes for a minute and think about it. If you haven't given yourself to him, the Bible says those who haven't, you know, without Christ, you'll go to hell. But with Christ, you don't. And he says, I will clean up every area of your life and make you to be all that I've called you to be just through you confessing me as your savior and want me to be your Lord. If there's anybody here today that says, you know what? I'm done. 
I really want to receive Christ. I really want to give myself to Jesus. Just lift up your hand right where you are and say, that's a form of like saying, Lord, I surrender. I want you to have total control of my life. And I believe you. And I trust you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I see your hand. Go ahead, lift it up high. There's nothing wrong with that. Glory to God. Lift it up high, brother. Yeah. Ain't nobody, ain't nobody looking but me. Ain't nobody looking but me. Yeah. All right. Listen. Listen. All right, you can open your eyes now. Listen. Two men just gave their life to Christ. Two men. Yeah. Let, let, me, let me say this. I came to church for years and sat in the back row and said, God, I'm going to give myself to you when I get myself together. It never happened. Finally, one day I crawled. I crawled. And I grabbed the preacher. They wore robes back then. I grabbed him by his robe, and I just held on as tight as I could and said, I just want Jesus. And from that day, Jesus began to purge desires that I had out of me. They was leaving. They said, Felix, who are you? I said, the old one has left the building. Behold, he's done a new thing. I'm saying that to encourage the two men, the young man, and that God is faithful. He knew that you would be here today. He gave me this word assigned to you to welcome you into the kingdom of God. But, but I'm going to share something with you. We got some greedy Christians in here. Because they're going to say this word was for them. <laughs> but that's how God is. He gives it to us for everyone. But let us pray. If you're ready to pray this prayer. Because you raise your hand saying, I believe. All right? So we're going to say this prayer. Repeat after me. Say, Father God, thank you for today. I admit that I've been a sinner. I admit that I need you to cleanse me from all my sins. I believe that you sent your son to die on the cross for all my sins. I confess him as my Lord and my Savior. I receive your love today. Now help me, God, be the follower you called me to be. Thank you for writing my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. Jesus is Lord of my life forevermore. Now give him a praise. Okay. All right, listen, we're getting ready to go. But listen, we're mission-minded. Is it still up there? We're on a mission.